Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With Think Gold, one of the reasons I'll just be transparent with you, one of the reasons I created Think Gold is because I'm deeply flawed. I'm I am deeply flawed. Right? But you know what? That's okay. Because I can still think gold. That's okay because I can still be successful. That's okay because I can still do everything that I want to do. With that being said, I'm deeply flawed. So I'm on a journey, right? And I think what I want to do is I want to help other people who also feel deeply flawed and realize, listen, you can still, you can still make it. You can still achieve what you're trying to achieve. You can still be who you want to be just because you're deeply flawed. It doesn't matter. What we what do we do? It's a journey. Life's a journey. We're going to grow. We're going to overcome no matter what you've done, no matter what you've you know, been through, right? The journey, it's the journey to gold, right? It's the journey to gold. It's important to have balance. It's important to be more than just your sport. It's important to not have your identity wrapped in one thing. And that is why I want to talk about this topic, the weight of gold. Welcome to Think Gold Media. I am your host, Ivory Frimpong, and here on the Think Gold Podcast, I interview guests who come from all walks of life. We talk about topics ranging from spirituality and the deeper meaning behind life, all the way to topics like dealing with adversity and overcoming failure. Ultimately, my goal is to reach beyond social norms and have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally hear on a daily basis. If I can inspire one person, just one person to take away something from this episode, then this platform has done its job. If this is your first time tuning in, I welcome you to the Think Gold family, and I urge you to follow us on all social media platforms at Think Gold Media. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode, and Think Gold. What's going on, Think Gold family? We are back with another episode here. Just wanted to say, I appreciate you for tuning in. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I am so thankful and grateful for you taking the time out of your day to listen to this. So I'm back here with another solo episode. And solo episodes, as you guys know, can be a little awkward for me. I got interviewed for the first time, or first time on a podcast I got interviewed. And um, I'm so used to asking the questions. And I think I, I don't want to say I prefer asking the questions, but it makes me feel a lot more comfortable, right? And knowing that I'm not going to be put on the spot and preparing for that solo episode, I'll just be transparent with you. Me and Susan probably did about two or three takes just because initially I was so long winded with the answers uh, <laughs> and she just didn't have time to ask me questions. I just kept speaking for so long. So just I'm getting used to the solo episodes, so guys, just bear with me here. But I'm all about growth, right? It's all about the journey. And I want to approach podcasting like I do football, right? Or like I do anything in life. And I really want to have the mindset of I'm going to get better if I just keep practicing, right? So sitting here looking at myself in the screen, this is a little, this is really weird just talking to myself, but I'm going to get used to it. So a couple housekeeping things. Think gold apparel, right? So during COVID, we had pushing out apparel 
and it was, you know, tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies. But now, you know, we're kind of changing the business philosophy and we're we're revamping everything, right? And what we want to do is we want to legitimize Think Golden. We want to really take this thing seriously. And the way we we found out the best way to do that is by just starting off with the basics, right? So what we're going to do is I'm going to be launching black Think Gold t-shirts, like the one you see me have right here, and white Think Gold t-shirts. Strictly that for right now. We're just launching the t-shirts, right? Plain, simple, beautiful Think Gold logo on them. $20. That's it. We're going to push that out. Right. And then we're going to continue to elevate, but we want to have a true foundation. And these t-shirts are going to be our foundation. So April 1st, please tune in. Tell your cousins, tell your mom, because when you guys buy this clothing, you're supporting this brand and you're enabling me to continue to speak and have these conversations. Right. And, you know, the whole point of this is so I can help inspire you guys and you know, ultimately do this full time because this is what I'm passionate about. So any little, uh, you know, purchase that you buy from us will go a long way. April 1st, thinkgoldapparel.com is launching. Now on today's show, right? And there's so many different angles that I can go in to talk about this topic, right? And so the title of today's podcast is entitled, the weight of gold, right? So I've been talking about think gold, think gold this, think gold that, you know, strive for the for the highest possible outcome in your life. And I don't want to contradict myself by saying this, but it's at the same time, it's not about the gold medal, right? It's not about attaining success, but it's more so about who you become during the journey, right? It's about the process. It's the journey to gold. That's really important. And I really want to hone in on this because I was listening to, or should I say, I was watching a documentary the other day and it really inspired this podcast. And the documentary is called The Way to Gold. And Michael Phelps is, I mean, I think he's been to a ridiculous amount of Olympics. Don't don't quote me on this, but I think he's been to about eight to 10 Olympics, right? And he directed this film. And this film is all about pressures that Olympic athletes face and what they go through to get to the Olympics and what they go through to push their bodies and what they go through to achieve that gold medal. And something that is not talked about is a lot of these athletes that are going for that gold medal they suffer with severe mental illness, right? So one of the things that that I wrote down here that Michael Phelps said on the show, on the uh, documentary, he said 80% of Olympic athletes go through post-Olympic depression, no matter if they win or lose. And so, you know, we hear about the success stories. We hear about people attaining things at such a high level. We, you know, from the bottom looking up, we admire them. You know, we look up to them. But the truth of the matter is they're humans too, right? And they're going through their own personal battles too, right? And so the weight of gold, the whole documentary is based off the immense pressure they feel, right? These Olympic athletes, 
are essentially working on their craft every single day, every single day. And they're, they're sacrificing, giving up parts of who they are for this thing, right? They're cutting off everything. And I mean, think of you're saving up for a new car, right? And you don't need the nicest car, but you know, it might be a, you know, $4,000 that you're saving up for to buy this car. Now picture that car is a million dollars, right? That car is a million dollars. You got to save up a million dollars or you're not going to get that car, right? And your whole life's purpose is getting that car. Nothing else matters but getting that a million dollars to save up for that car, right? So, so picture you, you wake up every day stacking your bread. You're just, you're insanely focused on getting that car. Nothing else matters. Family, nope. Friends, nope. Partying, nope. Education, nope. Anything that is stopping you from getting that car, you're not going to pay it attention, right? It just, it's not going to help you, right? You almost feel it as an obstacle. That's one of the Olympic, the Olympic, Olympic athletes said. She said, anything that is deterring me, or she said, this is my thought process. I'm quoting her verbatim. She said, anything that is deterring me, deterring me or distracting me from, from my focus of, of winning a gold medal is an obstacle for me. She said, even education, even education, right? So picture you're saving up for this car and you finally get the opportunity, you know, after 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you finally worked your way to get that million dollars for that car. And you bought the car, right? And you finally bought that car, purchased it. You brought it home. You drove it. The drive was nice. And then you wake up in the morning and you see the car in your driveway and you're just like, was it worth it? Was it worth losing part of who I am? What's next, right? So this is kind of just an example of how these Olympic athletes fall into that depression right and and that's how they were describing it on the on the documentary so i really want to dive into that right today's topic the weight of gold so how often do we hear people talk about losing themselves throughout the process right how often do we hear people who are going through silent battles how often do we hear people suffering with crippling anxiety and crippling depression then how often in our society are we unfortunately hearing people dealing with suicide, right? And you know, suicides on the news and and it's almost like America, our country, we're getting used to it. And I think we fail to realize the humanity in us all, right? So I just want to put this into perspective as I talk about this topic that no, by no means at all, am I a mental health expert? By no means at all, am I giving you uh, guidance on how to overcome depression? Because that's not what this is about. I'm not here to tell you on how to overcome depression. Everybody goes through their own battle. And I think everybody's battle is unique. I can only talk about my experience, right? And so talking about these Olympic athletes, right? There was 
an athlete in particular named Lola Jones. She um, was a hurdler and she had worked her tail off for the Beijing Olympics in 2008, right? Sacrificing mind, body, soul, and spirit to get there. She's lined up for her event. Bam, off the gate, 110 hurdles, right? That's basically a 100 meter dash and you put some hurdles in there, right? It's, I hurdled in high school to get to the Olympics. Whoo, that's a whole different level than what I was on. She's in first place, right? She's running in first place over the first hurdle, over the second hurdle, over the third hurdle. She's leading the pack, right? And I believe it was that third to last hurdle. She hit it. Ended up coming in last place. She went from being first, but because she nipped that hurdle barely, she finished in, you know, last place or second to last place, whatever it was. And then after that, you know, she's in an interview and she says, I've only hit a hurdle three times in my life. Three times in my life I've hit a hurdle. I'm talking about practices. I'm talking about events when I was a little kid. Only three times in my life I've hit a hurdle. Why now? I just don't understand. God, why now? Why me? I was supposed to get that gold medal. And Lola talked about just the spiral down effect that she felt. She started to feel almost hopeless. Everybody knew her as the girl that hit the hurdle, right? And the stories went on and on about these Olympic athletes and how they come up short and they sacrifice their, you know, everything they can to, to get there and they come up short. And they talked about how these athletes are dealing with anxiety, depression, and, and they don't know what to do. But the craziest thing about it is the same athletes who are winning are suffering as well. Even the people that are winning the gold medal are still de dealing with that post-Olympic depression, right? So how does that work? Aren't you supposed to win the gold medal and then you're supposed to, to feel happiness forever, right? Don't we look at Olympic athletes or people attaining success and even these rappers and these athletes when we say they have a million dollars, how could they not be happy? They have a, the, big, the big house, well, how, of course they're happy, but that's not what it is. That's not what it is. It's, and, and I really got to dive deeper into the mindset of these guys and that maybe these were some things that had an effect on their mindsets, right? And it was the vigorous mentality, right? Of only having one thing, right? And that one thing was, was responsible for their worth and self-value, right? So one guy, he was a speed skater and he talked about what drove him was the fear of failure, the fear of being inadequate, right? So, you know, I just think about that process, right? And, and you get there and it's finally over. These guys were thinking, what's next? What's, do I want to do this again for four years? Like, what's my, is this my purpose? What's my value? What else, what, who else am I? Because that's what it's all about is who am I? You know? And, and I know I'm talking about the Olympics here, but this applies to life and everything that we do. I'm going to talk about how this relates to me personally and how this can relate to anybody personally. But I think it's good to point out this at a higher level, 
right? We're talking about Olympic athletes. There's no greater success, right? That's what we think for these athletes and going to the Olympics and winning a medal for your country. You're trying to tell me that these guys win or lose, they still deal with depression and, and, and mental illness. Whew, that's deep. That's deep. And that's why I want to talk about, and that points out to the beginning point that I want to say is, yes, this brand is called Think Gold, but it's not about winning the gold medal. It's about who you become on that journey, right? So a little bit about my story. A lot of you guys know I play football. I was someone who sacrificed everything to be the best football player I could be. That meant partying, that meant relationships, that mean, meant spending time with my friends. You know, I was a guy, it was a Friday night, I was in the gym running stadiums, right? And what I realize now looking back at it is that the drive that, that I had came from came from fear. I was scared. You know, I was scared to be a nobody. I was scared to be a failure. I thought football was my 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 ticket out. And I thought, you know, once I make it, once I make it to the league or once I make it to where I was trying to go, that I'm going to love myself. Right? That I'm going to love who I am now. I'm just going to now that I got there, I'm just going to oh, I'm going to feel so much love for myself, right? And now I never I never got there. But I know that thought process was the furthest thing from the truth. Going to the NFL is not going to fix my, my lack of, of self-belief. It's not going to fix the childhood trauma I went through. It's not going to fix any of that, right? And I'm so blessed. And that's why I feel like God truly wanted me to look at something there by taking football away from me, by cutting that path short and he wanted me to know that I'm more than just a football player, right? These Olympic athletes, they're more than just Olympic athletes. They're not here on this earth to, to, to go to the Olympics. They're human beings just like every one of us, right? And I think that mental illness, specifically in athletes, comes when our identity is just so wrapped up in our sport, right? Because we're incentivized, right? And this is a crazy thing that someone could be dealing with depression, and they can go out and have a phenomenal game. They can go out and have a phenomenal um, you know, time on that track and, and, and smoke everybody on the field. And people will think that guy is just on top of his game mentally, right? How, can, how do we think that, right? We just have this, this thought process that being, because you're great at your sport means you're great, you're great mentally. Like you don't deal with anything inside of your head. Like you're just perfect up in there. Whew. I, and I think that's what I'm so passionate about is I'm passionate about having the conversation specifically around athletes and overcoming, not overcoming, but dealing with and, and talking about it, talking about mental health, because it plays a part in all of us. How could it not? You know, I was someone who played football since I was six years old. It was embedded in my brain. The, the, you know, the way that, Coaches will pay more attention to you if you're a better player, right? Oh, I want to be the best because I want the most attention. Why do I feel like I need the most attention from these coaches? Why do I need all that? And that's, I'm not saying that 
that sports is bad, but it's about having the relationship with self while playing that sport, while loving thyself while playing that sport. So I thought this documentary was phenomenal. It's called The Weight of Gold. And it really made me reflect, right? Because I'm sitting here thinking about, I'm telling these people to think gold and you know strive for the best possible outcome in your life. But none of that matters if the road to get there is going to cost you your life. If it's going to cost you your family. If it's going to cost you, you not loving yourself, right? So there was one off season where you know, back to back, I was on a bench and then, you know, coming into my, uh, my redshirt sophomore year, my sophomore year, we had played a, a team called JMU and coming into this season, I had worked so hard. I, I, I gave it everything that I could. And it sucked for me because I put in so much work and I felt like I had nothing to show for it. It was almost as if I talked about talked about this on the last podcast. It was almost as if you, you know, you were studying for that sales pitch, right? Or you were, you know, studying for that exam you had. And you studied so damn hard that you knew without a reasonable doubt you you were not gonna fail. You were gonna win. You're gonna pass that exam. You're gonna you're gonna dominate that sales pitch. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. When you just actually put in the work, maybe you've never studied at all you know, in, in high school and in, in, in English class, and then you finally take the time all night to pass that final exam and you just know that you put in the work to do it. That's how I felt with this the, with that season. Like, I just knew I was going to be great that year. I just knew I had chills when I was training some nights because I was like, Ivory, I'm going to, like, you're going to be special. You're putting in the work. You're doing what you need to do. Now imagine that doesn't happen. Imagine you get to that test and you get to that exam or you get to that sales pitch and you fail, right? And you you put in the work and you fail. You know, I was sitting there asking myself, like, wow, like if if I just worked so hard and I still came up short, what does that make me? Does that make me a failure? And one game in particular, we were playing JM, JMU. Some of my teammates know about this if you're listening to this. Um, I I never watched this 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 play on film because I was just so embarrassed. But JMU was punting us the ball. I believe it was fourth quarter. There's about six minutes left. We were down by by a touchdown, and they were punting us the ball into our end zone. And I am on the the line, right? And my job is to make sure that the defender does not get down the field to make the tackle on our punt returner. So my job is to block him down the field. And they punt the ball, and I just remember seeing the ball in the air, and it finally falls on the ground. It's tumbling, and it's rolling down, rolling down, rolling down. And as the ball rolls further and further, you know, obviously, you know, if the punt returner can't touch the ball, we're going to be backed up in bad field position. So the first thing that came into my mind, I don't know why, but I was like, let me stop the ball from rolling. And I run to that ball, and it, there's a bunch of JMU players surrounding it. And I go in to touch the ball because in my mind, for some reason, I'm thinking that the ball, once I touch it, you know, the ref's going to blow the whistle. 
And obviously that's how it works. So if you're on the other side of the ball, not if you're on the, on the punt return side and I knew that, but I don't know what was going through my brain. And I, and I touched the ball, Jamie picked the ball up. They knocked me down, picked the ball up and it was their ball. They got the ball back. Right. Because of a dumb mistake I made. That was, I mean, we rep this all the time in practice. If I, if I was an NFL player, I'd be fired on the spot. Right. Just embarrassing. As a football player, you should know the rules of football. In that game, my brain went dumb, and I cost us the game. Jam, you got the ball back, and they scored again. Now we're down by two touchdowns, and there's like three minutes left, two minutes left. It's you can't score two, two touchdowns in two minutes. And I remember my coach just looked at me in disgust, literally. I remember going to the sideline, and my coach just looking at me sideways. I have seniors on my team that are like, you know, I cost them. I could have cost them a chance at the playoffs. Like, here this this young sophomore made the, a dumb mistake on the field and it cost their, his football team the game. And from everybody else's standpoint, it's like, yeah, like what the what were you thinking? But from my standpoint, I was trying to help the team. And from my standpoint, I was like, how could that happen? Like I love this game so much. I try to do all the right things, but how could I make a dumb mistake like that? I cost my team the game. And I remember I was bawling my eyes out in that locker room. I couldn't control it, man. It was one of the toughest times of my football career, probably of my life, because everybody on my team just looked at me like I was a monster, like I was the villain, like I could have been on the other team that day. And I had, there was no pity for me. And I remember going home that night. We had a plane ride back home to Virginia, to Rhode Island. And, and that plane ride was awful, man. It was, it was almost like there was just a dark pit in my stomach and in my heart. And, um, you know, going home that night, I said, I don't want to, like, I don't want to wake up tomorrow. You know, I said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, how could I give my life to football? And then this is what I get in return. I, I didn't understand like, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand why me. I just didn't understand why me. Like, Ivory, my, my goal was to go to the NFL and, and provide for my family and buy my mom a house. Like, how did I end up losing my team, my, my team the game? And for some of y'all, you guys might not understand what this feels like, but for my football players, you can definitely understand what I'm saying. Or for my athletes, you can definitely understand and it was one of the toughest times of my life. How'd I get through that? God, I said, I got to go, right? We had to work out the next morning. I said, I have two choices right now. I could just live in self-pity and feel bad for myself and let my teammates see me as being that guy that's down and has his head down and he's just feel sorry for himself. Or I can be that teammate that's like, you know what? I did make that mistake. I lost this the game. Now, how can I learn from it? How can I move forward? How can I now be even better than I was in the offseason last season? And that's the approach I had. So that's something that when we talk about the weight of gold, that's something that I felt with football, right? I felt the weight. I felt the pressure. I felt myself getting self-worth from football. And it was scary, right? And I can only see this now that I'm out of it, but it was scary. Now, what I think the problem is, right? So I think the problem with 
athletes specifically and and then just society as a whole and our approach to mental health is that one we think we're too tough right a lot of times we think we're too tough we think we're too strong right any ounce of weakness is like we can't show it right and that's why i think unfortunately when you hear about people who have taken their lives because the pain was too unbearable that some of their friends will say i had no idea no i had no idea they were experiencing that i had no idea and i think it's because it's in our nature to just show the best sides of ourselves right you know we want to show the world that we're so strong especially on a especially on a team if you if you've ever been on a team uh, you know a sports team or a you know on your work team the last thing you want to do is show your peers that you're a weak link right quote unquote a weak link you know you might you know tell them that you're dealing with some mental health issues and now they might think you're just oh you know we don't know how ivory's going to react we just don't know how he's going to be mentally we you know we don't know if we can trust him like you don't you don't want to experience that and it's you i think at the end of the day like you don't want to feel like the outsider and so I remember these Olympic athletes were talking about they didn't have the resources, right? They didn't have, you know, they were, one lady was talking about, you know, she gets a knee injury, right? And, you know, she blows out her knee and now there's all these doctors that are there to help her. But now when she's dealing with something like depression, you know, when she's asking for help and that she needs to speak to somebody, now there's nobody there for her. How does that make sense, Right. I'm not here to offer solutions on how to overcome depression and on how to overcome mental mental health. But what I can say is that I've I've dealt with them. What I can say is I've I don't want to say I've been through them, but I've I've experienced them because I think it's something I'm still going through on a daily basis and I think it's something that I have to continue to overcome on a daily basis. But what I can say is that we all deal with it. You know? And it goes back to what I'm saying is it's that humanity piece, right? We're all humans. Now, what I want to say is, although I, I don't want to offer a solution, but what I can say is here are some things that have helped me during my darkest times. So, and I'm going to couple this up with a couple of theories that I have from just trying to overcome certain situations that I, that I was in and then thinking back of my thinking pattern or wondering why I was thinking like that. So number one, I think for me personally, depression and anxiety are more frequent in me when I feel alone, right? When I feel like an outsider. And that's why I think when we compare ourselves to other people, it often brings us down because when we compare and we see something, someone has something better than us, we bring ourselves down and away. Right. We put ourselves in a different bracket than them. And we think we are, you know, we think we are separate. And I think separateness is where we feel darkness. Right. I think being an outsider is where we feel feel darkness. Literally, there have been studies that that people that are more receptible to being lonely or feeling lonely, that is linked to increased levels of stress that is linked to heart disease, that is linked to cancer, 
that is linked to all sorts of sicknesses and illness, the feelings of being alone. Because the feeling of being alone, quite frankly, is similar to death. It relates back to when we were humans, right? So think about humanity and how we've evolved over millions or thousands of thousands of years, right? When we used to be in tribes, right? You would be able to live longer because you know you had you were being hunted, right? You had to capture food, you had to depend on your peers, right? You know, so you travel together. But if you were alone, you were basically dead. You can't survive by yourself back in those time periods. You can't survive, right? And so I think those things, those instincts, though, that mentality is still ingrained in our minds, right? So I think the number one thing that is most detrimental to our mental health is feeling alone, being alone. So through my toughest times, what I always tried to do is I tried to have at least a couple people that I could call, right? And that I can just speak to. And I try to find some of the most positive people in my life because I realized some of these times when I was just having a tough time and I didn't want to wake up the next morning and I was just feeling down and beating myself up, that one thing that could instantly have an impact is speaking to somebody who is coming from a different energy level. Mentors, you know, teachers, uh, people that just were full of life, just talking to them for 30 seconds. You guys ever had that moment where you were feeling so down and you have a conversation with somebody, you're like, how was I ever feeling like that? That is why I think being a part of groups, having mentors is very important, right? So that's one thing that, is, that has helped me. Another thing is breathing and meditating, right? So when I'm having a stressful day, one of the first things that I notice is that my breathing is very shallow, right? I'm not taking the time to breathe. I'm holding in my breath, right? And what's extremely important is that you're working on your breath work, not just 10 minutes throughout the day, but the whole entire day. You want to fill your body with oxygen. You want to breathe. You know, I don't want to dive too much into the science behind this, but meditating and breathing, I can tell you, if y'all haven't done this, it has changed my life. It has changed the course of my life. I'm able to see things from a different light. It gives me perspective. If you guys are needing to learn more about meditation and breathing, read the book, The Power of Now. Because I think that's what really changed my life. It's, it's by Eckhart Tolle. And in this book, it talks about being present, right? And I know it's, it's cliche. I know it sounds so cliche, be present. Uh, what do you mean be present? But think about it. I always say this. Anxiety comes from thinking about the future. Depression comes from thinking about the past. And when you're in the present moment, you can't think about either one because all you're thinking about is right now and what's in front of you. And I think that has been one of the best life lessons I've learned is the importance of being present. And that comes from breathing and that comes from meditating, right? So that's number two. That's something that has really helped me. Then number three for me has been journaling and exercising. So Ivory, we hear journaling, um, you know, uh, journal, journal, journal. I hear that all the time. Yeah, but how are you journaling? What is the way that you journal, right? And there's a million ways you can journal. 
I would say if I had to offer you, you guys some advice, I would just start off with three wins, writing down three victories from the day, right? I think this is more important than affirmations. I think this is more important than gratitude, right? And it's because it's both in one, right? So three wins from the day. Because how often do we go through our days and we don't give ourselves a pat on the back? We don't ever take the time to really say, hey, good job, congrats, you know? We just, we fail to do that. And we don't realize the effect that has on our mental health. So when I get home at night, one of the things that I do right before I go to bed is I write down the three wins. And when I write down those three wins, it makes me feel like not only am I on track, not only am I accomplishing, but I'm realizing it. I'm noticing it. And I think that's what's important, right? And then I have exercising on there. Exercising is pretty self-explanatory. I think exercising is key. I work out 30 minutes a day. Won't dive too deep into that. Prayer. Prayer. So I am very faith-based, right? I think through God, we can do anything. And I think God is the ultimate love. I think it's truly hard to conceptualize how much love God has for us, right? But he wants us to win in everything that we do. He is our biggest supporter. He is always on our side. And when we take time to be intentional about our prayer, it works. It works. It works. Ask and you shall receive. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You just have to believe. Speak it, believe it, receive it, right? Not only that, but what's hurting you? What are your biggest insecurities? What is stopping you from being the best version that you want to be, right? Now go take all that that, that you, you just thought about and go talk to God about it and see what he does for you tomorrow. Please try it. Please try it. Last thing on here that has helped me through my darkest times is helping other people. This probably is one of the things that I'm still learning about, right? I'm still learning about the psychology of why this uh, makes me get out of that, that dark level of thinking. But I think if I had to, to give some theories, I think one of those reasons would be, okay, obviously I'm feeling down, helping other people and helping lift people up will feel really good. But I think part of it too is you want to bury that darkness. That's what's inside of you. And how do you bury something? Is you you fill it up with light, right? You fill it up with positivity. You fill it up with good things. That's why I think I, I think that the biggest philanthropists and I think the biggest uh, people who are doing amazing things on, on this earth and on this planet are people that have also dealt with the, some of the most difficult thoughts in their brains that have have dealt with the most pain at one point or another in their life. And I think that the only way they could come out of that is to help people. With Think Gold, one of the reasons, I'll just be transparent with you, one of the reasons I created Think Gold is because I'm deeply flawed. I'm, I am deeply flawed, right? But you know what? That's okay because I can still think gold. That's okay because I can still be successful. That's okay because I can still do everything that I want to do. With that being said, I'm deeply flawed. So I'm on a journey. 
right? And I think what I want to do is I want to help other people who also feel deeply flawed and realize, listen, you can still, you can still make it. You can still achieve what you're trying to achieve. You can still be who you want to be just because you're deeply flawed. It doesn't matter. What, we, what do we do? It's a journey. Life's a journey. We're going to grow. We're going to overcome. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've you know, been through, right? The journey. It's the journey to gold, right? It's the journey to gold. It's important to have balance. It's important to be more than just your sport. It's important to not have your identity wrapped in one thing. And that is why I want to talk about this topic, the weight of gold, right? So some of you guys may be feeling pressure, pressure to succeed, pressure to get to that next level, right? But please, if I just could ask one thing, take care of your mental health and realize it's not about the goal, but it's about the journey. Thank you so much for listening to episode 24 of the Think Gold podcast. God bless. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week for another show. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.